Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week we have a bonus episode with Dr. Yuri Mascala, the Dean of the Adventist Theological Seminary at Andrews University. Join us as he tells us what's so important about the book of Deuteronomy. Here goes a noble hint. It's a book embedded with love. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into okay, this study. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell, and today we have a special and honored guest, Dr. Uh, Yuri Mascala, and we're actually going to have uh, Michael Campbell, he's going to introduce us. Yeah, it's my great privilege to introduce on our podcast, uh, Dr. Mascala, who's the Dean of the Seminary, the Seventh-day Adventist Theological Se- Seminary at Andrews University. It's kind of the, the heartbeat of theological education in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And Dr. Mascala comes uh, eminently qualified. He's, he's actually from the Czech Republic. And just a little personal connection with our podcast. So we've got some of our uh, students here on campus and faculty that listen to this. Um, this is actually uh, Marcella Wall, one of our own faculty here at SWAU. Uh, it's her father. So we've got kind of a little bit of a personal connection to, to our university campus as well. Uh, Dr. Mascala is an Old Testament scholar and has uh, actually done two doctoral degrees. He's taught at the seminary. I, I can't even remember how many years. I probably should have looked that up, but, but uh, was a professor there when I was there, and of course now is the dean. So uh, welcome, Dr. Mascala, to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. Thank you, and uh, cordial greetings also from Andrews University, Seventh Adventist Theological Seminary to all, and to especially Southwestern University. Well, yes. we're just uh, delighted that you can join us on this episode. And, and one of the things, I mean, just before we get into the topic for the new quarterly, uh, is I know your passion is the Old Testament. Tell us how you became interested in the Old Testament to the point where you wanted to actually become an Old Testament professor. Why is this your passion? Uh, well, uh, you know, in Europe, uh, I was... Uh, the preaching and teaching and was uh, the professor of the systematic theology. And I realized that in order to do well uh, systematic theology and doctrines, you need to be rooted in scriptures. Mm. This is why at the university in Prague, in um, uh, Protestant University, I engaged um, in the biblical studies, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, and systematic theology with a special emphasis on the Old Testament. And uh, yes, I, I am persuaded that in order to do well, you know, the doctrines and uh, all what is related to it, it must be all uh, hanged and rooted in uh, the scriptures and especially Old Testament because Old Testament is a fountain for all theology. Uh, we have like the Pentateuch. This is the core of the matter. And if you cannot prove something from the Pentateuch, probably you will not find it uh, later in the scriptures because it's um, you know, only expanding uh, later part of the Bible on this core biblical uh, teaching. So th- this is why I uh, was focusing on Old Testament and I love it so much uh, that I have all my, um, uh, you know, academic papers from the Old Testament. So uh, here I am. 
um, professor of the Old Testament and uh, now as a dean of the seminary. Excellent, excellent. You know, I, I guess this could uh, it's kind of tie us in because the reason why we brought you in is because uh, being an Old Testament scholar, we're looking at the book of Deuteronomy uh, this quarter. And I've heard that you also wrote a supplementary book. So tell us a little bit about that. And, and I guess we'll go, go ahead and start opening up. What, what can you tell us about the book of Deuteronomy? Yes, uh, I think that first of all, there is a plenty of misunderstanding. What is the book of Deuteronomy all about? Because Deuteronomy means um, from the Greek Deuteronomion, like the Deuteros and Nomos, the second law, like repetition of the law. Okay. Everything is thought, oh, this is the book of law, and people are not interested in it because it's about this iron, <laughs> what you have to do and you should not do. And this is always, always misunderstanding, um, and it's the, the perception of it. So this is why I said, well, I will take the challenge and write this, um, uh, you know, companion uh, to uh, the study of the Sabbath school. And I uh, am proving, and I hope that everybody who will read it will see it very clearly, that the book of Deuteronomy is actually not a book about the law, but it's about love. And I uh, put a title uh, of my book, Deuteronomy, the book of love. Mm. What uh, um, Moses, um, and I am uh, persuaded that Moses is the author of, of that book, uh, besides some, uh, you know, updating remarks, but um, he is the author, and he is uh, trying to show that the, the story about God, who is God first of all, that is God of love, he loves people, he cares for them. He leads them, he forgives, uh, and of course, he also rebukes and wants that they will maintain this uh, special relationship with him. So, mm. uh, for example, if you look uh, to the book, for the first time in the whole Bible, the noun love, ahava, uh, used for God, is in that book. It's in chapter 7, verse 8 where the noun is used. In, in the book is also used the verb a half uh, for uh, 22 times, but wow. times is used for God, that God loves his people. So if you take one times um, um, noun and then six times a verb that he loves, so seven times the book is telling us God is for us, God loves us. And, and this is great emphasis. It's like the emphasis in the first um, epistle of John, <laughs> <laughs> that God is love. And you have five times, actually, the statement in the Bible that God is love um, uh, and in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, you have the first John, and of course, um, um, four chapters um, where it's uh, uh, again repeated that God is love. But for the first time, is uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, then is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, and Zephaniah. And then 10 times you have the statement that we, um, as God's people, uh, concretely here in Deuteronomy, Israel should love God. Oh. As, uh, and then it's, uh, there are also statements that we should love each other, the other mm. people. So yes, it's a book of love and I <laughs> love it. Uh, what, what, what we have there. 
And of course, the book is not only about love. It's like um, uh, besides story about God, mm -hmm. it's a story about uh, God's people and especially about Moses. Mm. Well, I was just thinking because that all that emphasis on Ahava, you know, on love, and it just makes God sound like a very relational kind of God. Amen. He's a relational. He's personal. <clears throat> he's, uh, you know, very attractive God. Uh, we need to understand that um, Moses is now 120 years old. Mm. What is described in the book of Deuteronomy is from the 40th year of the wandering in the wilderness after the Exodus. And uh, so we have now the year 1410 before Christ. Mm -hmm. And happens in the 11th month of um, uh, that 40th year. So it's uh, Moses knows that he has probably few more weeks of his life. So he is now telling to God's people the most important thing. Wow, like it's almost like a last testament kind of thing. Exactly, and I call it like the testament of love, testament of Moses, uh, uh, where he, he really wants to stress um, in systematic way. By the way, it's like the first systematic theology <laughs> in the Magna Carta of uh, biblical teaching, uh, in the grand opus of the first systematic exposition. He explained who is God, what are his plans and um, how Israel should relate to God and um, uh, how they should believe and behave. And, and this is uh, so powerful, so beautiful. So the, you know, the nature I, I, of, the, of the book is, uh, for me, very attractive. Uh, yeah. Everybody should, uh, should study, study this book. You know, I, I had heard that fact before, that this was the last few weeks of Moses' life, but... How do you think it plays in? I, I think, in other words, it shows actually his wonderful relationship with God because this was also the indictment upon him that he was not going to be, in, be able to enter the promised land. And so you can see that his love for God had not changed and God's love for him had not changed. And so yeah, I, I guess, yeah, so my question would now be what words of encouragement are in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, not only for back then, but also for our readers today? Uh, well, uh, the book of Deuteronomy is actually composed very beautifully. You have like three structures in one book. Um, the, the first structure is, is a structure which uh, I would call a rhetoric structure because you have three sermons, three speeches um, of, um, of Moses in that, uh, you know, Moses Testament, uh, which is there. And in, in this um, beautiful structure, you, you see that uh, actually, uh, chapter 1 to 4 is the first speech, chapter 5 to 28 is the second speech, and then chapter 29 and 30 is the third speech. And this is, uh, uh, after that, uh, you have uh, the transmission of the leadership from uh, Moses to Joshua. Chapter 32 is a song of Moses. Chapter 33 is like a... Um, no seal of it, where the blessing of Moses to all tribe of Israel. And the last chapter speaks about the death of Moses. So it's a rhetorical, beautiful rhetorical structure. But beside that, you have the covenant structure, where the whole book is actually a renewal of the covenant. 
and it is built on the Sutra and Basel treaties of the, in the Middle East, especially Hittite, uh, the Sutra and Basel treaties. And you have uh, specific um, uh, parts always in that covenants. Um, in, at the time of, of Moses, it was that it was a preamble where um, the Sutra Lord was saying who he, then you had uh, the historical prologue when he's saying what he did for the vassal. Then you have the stipulations, like commands. Then you have a blessing and curses, then witnesses, and then special provision or special sign of that covenant. And in the book of Deuteronomy, it's exactly like that. In um, uh, the very beginning, you have this uh, historical uh, on the preamble when God is saying who he is. And we can come to that, what he's saying about himself. Then you have historical prologue. The first sermon is actually all what God did for them. How was their dealing with them and how they were also unfaithful. Then you have stipulations. There are chapter 5 to 26. Very long uh, section, second of the uh, second sermon. Then uh, the second sermon uh, is ending with blessing and curses. And then the uh, third, um, you know, sermon is also appealing to them to be faithful. Uh, witnesses in chapter 30 and special provisions uh, also in chapter 31. So it's, uh, it's beautiful. And the third structure is the structure of the Decalogue. Because the second sermon is um, not only presenting 10 commands or 10, um, you know, commandments, but then each command after exposition of the principles in chapter you know, 6 to 11, from 12 to 26, each command is explained in different uh, uh, new settings, how to uh, put it in practice. So yeah, it's a really work of the genius under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, where three structures in one book are really put together. So, so you, you, you can see that uh, Really, yeah, this uh, the, the content of, of the book uh, is uh, magnificent because it's a renewal of the faithfulness of God's people to God. And Moses, uh, who knows that he will die very soon, he is now bringing that and is appealing, explaining the main points and, and explaining. Because they are now on the and bring to enter to the promised land. 40 years they spent, uh, you know, yes. in wandering, and now uh, they are there. And uh, Moses, what he's doing, according to chapter 1, verse 5, he is not now, uh, you know, presenting the law, but he is interpreting. And this is what we have um, in, uh, in uh, that text that he's actually taking, you know, Ba'ar. Um, uh, and explaining, interpreting, uh, applying what was before, because before uh, God's people were nomads. They were wandering. They were setting uh, in, uh, the, in the wilderness. But now they will enter the promised land and they will settle there. They will be in the cities, in the towns. This will be totally different, uh, different setting uh, for them. So now he's interpreting, applying how God's instruction, this Torah, need to be, uh, you know, lived in that uh, promised land. Amen.
Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that were thinking, you know, Sabbath school lesson on Deuteronomy, this is going to be a boring Sabbath school quarterly, and it's quite the opposite. <laughs> amen, amen. This is so important. Uh, and I can uh, speak about the significance of that book, if you wish. Yeah, please, please. That's a nice segue. So tell us more. All right. Well, uh, I can have a long, long list uh, for you, if, if you wish. But uh, well, you can give us the highlights because we want to just tantalize our listeners as we're going to spend the whole next quarter. And I'm just so excited and even yes, more excited yes, uh, now that you shared this with us. Very yes. good. So uh, very quickly, and uh, you know, a few points. Uh, first point, the greatest commandment of loving the Lord with all the heart, soul and strength is found in Deuteronomy 6.5. Okay. Yes. Jesus is uh, repeating it. Uh, second, uh, the book holds the Shema. Here, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. And this is the basic uh, uh, found, uh, foundational confession of faith about monotheism of God. It's um, God is one, is united, and is um, for us. Uh, third, Deuteronomy centers on the Decalogue, interpreting and showing that it is not something iron, something beautiful. It's something for life, which maintains our relationship with God and uh, gives um, and maintains life. Fourth, this book was so important that Moses asked that it will be placed beside the Ark of the Covenant. Mm -hmm. uh, if, uh, the Israelites had to write all the words of this law upon large stones, coated with plaster, when they crossed the Jordan River and entered the Promised Land, so that God's instruction and teaching would be remembered and followed by the um, uh, following generations. Then um, uh, six, the kings um, of Israel were required to read this book, write it down, learn it, its teaching, and have it always at their disposal by keeping it with them. So kings uh, had to take this instruction. Seven, this um, doctrinal book uh, for the first time, also methodically teaching how to properly respond to God's calling. As I said, it's a doctrinal book. It's a first systematic theology. And um, uh, eight, um, it has the command to read the book. Uh, in chapter 31, it's practically in the Old Testament, the only book has the command, read this book. <laughs> uh, on the day of, uh, on, you know, during the, uh, um, uh, you know, tabernacle, Feast of Tabernacles, when uh, they had to read it every seventh year. Then also you have promises about abundant life, blessings, but also you have curses if you do not obey. The following books in the Bible, historical book, prophetical book, wisdom, literature, are dependent on the theology of the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, I can also say that in the New Testament, you have plenty of echoes. Um, the New Testament also loved Deuteronomy as well in Qumran community. And the most important, I think, is um, the book of Deuteronomy played a very important role in the life of Jesus. The beginning of public ministry, uh, he overcame Satan's three crucial temptations. How? By quoting in all three instances from the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Now, if Jesus overcame temptations by thus it is written, and uh, knowing the book of Deuteronomy, 
we should pay close attention to it. To the first temptation, he responded with autonomy A3, uh, to the second with autonomy 616, and to the third with autonomy 613. So he understood the intention of each legislation and knew how to correctly interpret and, and apply them. And um, also when he was discussing with uh, Pharisees about uh, the divorce, he was pointing to Deuteronomy 24. And um, Jesus always saw, uh, told them from the beginning, it was not so. So the, the connection uh, you know, between Jesus and Deuteronomy is very crucial. So if Jesus was using it, our model and example, we should know it. So you see the significance of that book and you see my enthusiasm for that book. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so important, yes. I love you it know because what? Deuteronomy sounds like it's our friend here, you know? <laughs> yes. You know, I, I, I was gonna say, I love your enthusiasm because it's contagious and it's getting yeah. me really excited about this quarter. So I'm going to ask you to share with us your top three lessons that you've seen in the book of Deuteronomy that we can apply to our lives today. Uh, any three things, I know you've said already more than three things, but uh, think three things that we can apply to our lives today that they're in the book of Deuteronomy. Well, uh, you know, there is um, a very emphasis on Shema here. On uh, the Hebrew, when you say Shema, it's not only to hear, because if you hear well, you should obey. And this word uh, to, to hear is uh, occurring like 91 times in the book of Deuteronomy. And six times is used as band, hear, hear, O Israel, hear, obey. So uh, uh, this is an appeal of a loving God, loving um, uh, you know, leader uh, to, uh, men, uh, to tell them you need to uh, focus on God, let God be God in your life. Don't be distracted. Love him, obey him. So this hearing, you know, is very important. And with that is, do not forget. Remember, do not forget. Remember. And again, I can speak about statistics that uh, to forget appears 13 times there. You know, remembering God's way, remembering God's goodness, remembering uh, his leadership in the opposition to forgetfulness. Yeah. And this um, remember... You know, it's uh, 15 times in the book. Remember, remember, you know, this is a forgetfulness. <laughs> we forget, so we need to be fresh in our mind for about these great uh, miracles God is doing in our lives, these mighty acts of God. And um, uh, maybe if you ask, um, you know, for the three things. So second would be that uh, uh, the, the purpose of the book actually, and it is repeated several times, uh, is to fear God. Amen. What does it mean to fear God? Like in, um, uh, in Deuteronomy 31, verse 12, 13, is uh, that uh, the whole book is uh, written and given to us that we learn how to fear God. And this notion is uh, repeated like 15 times in, in the whole book. So uh, to fear God, if um, I would say it simply means to cultivate the presence of God in our life. Mm -hmm. Oh, how good he is. And uh, 
uh, not only that, but that we do all our decisions in regard to God, in respect to his law, uh, to his will, to who he is. So we uh, don't want, we fear to uh, do something wrong, to, we fear to uh, make him sad, uh, to grieve God. And, and I think that is also very beautiful to know how to walk with God. And this um, uh, book is actually teaching us, go with God on the on journey, the story about God. And it can be now your story that what God did to your forefather is now for you. And this is the appeal, you know, that uh, uh, this is now your story. It's not only story of somebody, somebody else. God um, took you out of Egypt. He is uh, leading you to the promised land. And, and this is also another reason for us, as Apostle Paul says, what happened to God's people in the past. This is a type that uh, in our journey to the promised land, um, we really uh, go in a, in the, uh, you know, faithful, faithful way to love and obey God. And love and uh, fearing goes together Amen. of the autonomy. And, <clears throat> Um, complete dedication uh, to, to it. And um, uh, maybe lastly, I would say, and this is for me probably the, the most important things, that the whole book um, is presenting very beautiful picture of God. This is what I learned the most. And uh, the rich vocabulary is used there. If, for example, I will go to chapter 32 and 33, which is actually written in poetry, the rest is in, in prose, and it's in the beautiful poetic language, and uh, uh, Moses, uh, under the inspiration of God, is uh, actually playing uh, uh, with uh, the name of God and in showing the richness uh, who he is. Uh, for example, in the chapter, he says that the Lord is um, uh, the creator, is the father, his rock, his eagle, his savior, his king, his shield, his refuge, his helper, his great, eternal, faithful, upright, jealous, does no wrong, laughs, put to death, brings to life, avenges, makes atonement, liberates, guides, protects, legislates, takes care of the need of people, reveals, watches, God's blesses. You see how rich it is. And I, Amen. The, the phrase is, um, you know, and the verbs which are in, in that, uh, in that book, uh, in these chapters. And uh, maybe lastly, uh, to say that um, uh, this book is um, uh, using one phrase repeatedly about our God and our, our relationship with God. And this phrase is, and it actually starts um, with the emphasis that God is Yahweh, our God. He is Yahweh and he is our Elohim. And this phrase is used 23 times in the book. And then there is another phrase, and also just in the beginning of chapter, chapter one used, and this is the Lord your God, or mm. the, our God, your God, in the plural, in singular. And this phrase, and listen carefully, this is used 280 times in the book. So more than 300 times, Moses is saying, the Lord, your God, the Lord, our God. 
he's always emphasizing Yahweh and this Yahweh, this closed God. He is your mighty God, strong God, because Elohim is this mighty, strong God, God of the universe, God of all people, creator God, uh, you know, the king of the whole universe, transcendent God, and this transcendent God is your God, is your Yahweh. And Yahweh is a God of the covenant, God of his people. It's um, God who is intervening in our life. He's a living God. He's a personal God. And, and this God uh, is stressed in Amen. the Lord, your God, the Lord, your God. And in order to see the force of it, the second book, which is using that phrase most um, uh, often is the book of Joshua. No wonder Joshua heard that from Moses so many times, right? And uh, this um, in the book of Joshua is used 32 times. Wow. And then when you go to other books, this uh, diminished so rapidly. Okay. That's not good. So it tells you that Moses, uh, he knows um, uh, uh, God's people and he wants to emphasize. He is your God. He's your God. He's a living God. He's a mighty God. He's a good God, forgiving, just God. He's a God of love, God of mercy, God of forgiveness, but he's also God of truth and justice. And he's bringing that, uh, you know, to, to attention of God's people of his time and also to our attention because Amen. Deuteronomy was the book of Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, as I would say, and uh, this should be our book. So this is why I would like to invite everybody to study, to memorize, to live this book, yes. to dream about that book, uh, to be in the heart, in our mind, that we can grow in our walk and relationship with Jesus Christ uh, during this quarter. So, so Dr. Mescal, I'm going to put you on the spot for just a second. Second, and, and if you were to choose one passage that speaks to your own heart, just personal, uh, what would that, I, I know we're going to have some of our listeners, uh, they're going to be wondering and saying, hey, um, how do I get this companion book? Uh, Buster, how, how does somebody get one of these companion books uh, for, for Dr. Mascala? Can you hear me, Buster? Uh, so what? Yeah. How does somebody get this companion book? Yes, it's um, published by Pacific Press. Uh, so uh, um, Pacific Press, uh, it was just uh, released, um, I think, a couple of weeks of, ago. So like the Adventist Book Center, maybe. And I noticed that it's also on Kindle. So people, if our listeners are yes. listening, you can get that online and, and, and get that uh, digitally as well. And we're going to come back to that. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Pacific Press. Uh, this, this great resource that, that's available as you're going through the Sabbath School quarterly this, this coming quarter. And, and Dr. Mascala, do you have just a verse that speaks to you? Uh, well, there are so many. I know, it's a hard. <laughs> because because it's, it's all about God's love. But if I would choose, I will probably go to chapter 32, 33, because the, um, the love um, of God expressed there, how God loves people, how he is for them, he's their savior, he's their creator, he's their eagle, he's the rock, um, which is there. 
and, and then uh, speaks about our response. And um, if to choose something, of course, I cannot choose something else than uh, the um, uh, Shema and the greatest commandment, uh, which is uh, Deuteronomy uh, chapter six, uh, verses um, five or four and five. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And love the Lord your God with all your heart, with uh, all your soul and with all your strengths. And, and this is the summary of, um, you know, uh, nicely put. And then, of course, uh, it's uh, this statement um, about who is God, that he is our rock, is solid. We can uh, lean on it uh, and we can learn from him how to walk with him, how to love him, how to obey him, how to fear him. So, uh, uh, Yes, um, you see that um, um, the book of Deuteronomy is um, is my bread. And Amen. Only one one delicacy. I want everything of it. <laughs> I was going to say, Buster. I I feel like I want to go back to seminary again. How about you? Well, Michael, I was taking notes the entire time, like I was when I when I hear wisdom, I have to write it down. So I, I wrote so much down, I couldn't keep up though. <laughs> Well, what, is, what is good that um, yeah, many things uh, what I presented are in that book. <laughs> yeah, so we want to, I just want to extend a, a word of appreciation, Dr. Mascala, again, for just giving this uh, tantalizing uh, introduction to this, just this really this Magna Carta of the Old Testament. And I know that as we go through this quarter, um, I'm just so, I'm so delighted and excited to that, that uh, even more that you've just emphasized that relational aspect of God, a God Amen. of love that cares Amen. about us. And I don't think there's a finer way to, to put a wrap on this special bonus episode. Thanks for joining us uh, for the Sabbath School Rescue. And uh, this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.